1: Now, Tom Creed is the guest I first interviewed for this show about 20 years ago when I just started. He was one of the bright lights coming through UCC from Dramat who's gone on to fulfil a fantastic, diverse and innovative career from his wide-ranging work in theatre with companies like Rough Magic to directing the Cork Midsummer Festival himself for a couple of years to actually now revisiting his early classical training in music, expanding his directing into opera. He's worked in Covent Garden uh, with Welsh National Opera and taking this combination of interests brings him to his third staged production with Irish National Opera. It's the dramatic and emotional tale of Mary, Queen of Scots, and Queen Elizabeth I in Donizetti's Maria Stuarda. It opened in Dublin this week and has been getting great reviews in the Irish Times and online for its staging and for its performances. And loads of people have been tweeting about it when they came out of the gate. Yeah. And it comes to Cork Opera House this week for just two nights Wednesday and Thursday and amazingly despite all of his work in Ireland and abroad this is Tom's first full stage production in Cork Opera House as he mentioned to Elmarie when they spoke yesterday.
0: Actually it's my first time putting a show on the main stage and I'm thinking back I think it was probably 21 years ago I was a follow spot operator at the jazz festival uh, I was thinking back to that recently but yeah it's my first time putting an opera or any kind of production on stage at the Opera House. So it's a really lovely homecoming for me also.
1: Oh yeah and how gratifying to be doing something as large and as impactful as this too. I mean this incredible story of the two queens. I'm only literally back from Scotland since last night ourselves and of course everywhere you go it's a Mary Queen of Scots but this particular story has I suppose fascinated people for hundreds of years. Ergo back when Donizetti was writing this opera practically 200 years ago. It wasn't a time, wasn't it, when there was still a huge fascination with all of the Tudors and Henry VIII and uh, there were so many plays and Donizetti wrote a lot about this era.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there was a kind of craze for the Tudors. There was a lot of plays about the Tudors and Donizetti famously wrote three operas about the Tudors, so uh, Maria Stuarda, but also Roberto Devereaux and Anna Bolena and i think you know it was an interesting time in um in europe where i guess it was the beginning of the enlightenment the idea of you know it was the era of revolutions and the idea of monarchy and as something that was mm. all powerful and that was god given was becoming questioned also of course the the consequences of the reformation were still playing out and you know there was still divisions between catholics and protestants in europe you know we can see that those Divisions persist today, you know, on our own island, and I suppose one of the things that's been interesting to look, you know, to look at this moment of British history or of English history and of Scottish history just before the Act of Union and just before Mary's son became James the First of England and where England and Scotland were united under one monarch, you know, and you know, look to you know, open the news now and look. 400 years and a bit later and see that actually those consequences are still playing out yeah. in Brexit in the Scottish independence movement also in what we're seeing in Northern Ireland you know so so this is an old story but it's a story that I think absolutely resonates with our times and you know to I mean the show opened in the Gaiety last Sunday which of course was jubilee day Yes. And so to have um to have was that planned, Tom? <laughs> I mean I don't think so. Um, I
1: know, it's just a gas coincidence, but I, I know what you're so, saying. Yeah. I
0: and mean, I suppose with the production we've I suppose in general when I'm staging opera, I like to take these old works and look at them through a contemporary lens mm-hmm. so the shows kind of performed in contemporary dress. And we've been looking at kind of images from the contemporary world that help us understand this history. But when um, Queen Elizabeth I entered in a Union Jack dress and a crown into a crowd of journalists uh, on the same day that, you know, all attention was on what was going on in London, it reminded me of why there's a reason to continue telling these old stories.
1: And this particular story, though, the story of the two queens has been treated dramatically so much. They're two incredible, incredible figures. Two Stunningly strong women, but two also very highly conflicted women trapped in a situation also beyond their control, even though they were the two chief protagonists. In it, and the story, I suppose, at the centre heart of this opera of Maria Stuart is the fictionalised imagining of a meeting between the two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the real story is that obviously Mary had been Queen of Scotland since she was six days, and there were other, obviously, other various people doing the job on her behalf. She spent her childhood married to the heir to the throne of France. Then he died. She came back to Scotland. She married somebody else. Uh, there was all kinds of uh, conflict. He was murdered. Uh, she was accused of the murder. It's not clear whether that was true or not. She fled to England, looking for her her cousin to protect her, who was Queen Elizabeth I, who herself had, you know, been queen from an early age. She became queen at twenty five, just like her successor. Um, and we can see, if you watch the Crown, you can see all of the challenges of becoming mm-hmm. a queen at 25. But so yeah, Mary fled to England's looking for protection, but Elizabeth was kind of obliged to, you know, have a tribunal and an investigation into the, the crimes that Mary was accused of. And Mary was imprisoned, I guess, under a kind of house arrest. She was moved around to various castles for 18 years. And then um, there was another plot on Elizabeth's life known as the Babington plot, and which Mary was caught up in also where it appears that Mary had given her backing to, um, an attempt on Elizabeth's life so that Mary could become queen, and the, yeah, this precipitated obviously in real life Elizabeth being very conflicted but signing the death warrant for Mary's execution. Um, but I guess in the opera, which is based on a um, a play by Friedrich Schiller, the German playwright from 1800, it's a play that I guess for maximum dramatic impact it speculates on a meeting that might have taken place between the two queens, which didn't take place in real life. And this is a meeting where, in the opera. There's a kind of love triangle going on involving Robert Dudley, the Earl of Leicester. And in reality, Leicester was known as Elizabeth's favourite. They had a kind of will-they-won't-they relationship for most of her time as Queen. And in the opera, this is presented, but also Leicester is in love with Mary and he's kind of trying to save Mary's life. Mary passes a message on to Elizabeth through him and he convinces Elizabeth to go and meet her at Fotheringay Castle where she's imprisoned with the idea that mary will be humble and submissive and will ask for mercy but uh, kind of born out of jealousy and born out of the struggle of doing Mm -hmm. the right thing elizabeth insults her and uh, humiliates her and mary can't take it anymore and she snaps and she insults elizabeth back and then the second half of the opera plays out the consequences of that so in a way it's taking history but as the basis for a kind of speculative fiction so a kind of um You know, it's a telling of history, but it makes a meeting between the two queens happen because if you're telling the story, you kind of need the two main characters to meet on stage.
1: But it's not but just it, it, the telling of the history and it's not just the dramatisation of the story. It is opera. So what does music then bring to this meeting of these women?
0: I mean, the music is extraordinary. And I think, you know, people often know Don Zetti for uh, his comedies and his kind of lighter operas. But, you know, there's, this is real, like, kind of romantic drama. Um, so there's there's fire and brimstone, there's passion, there's real beauty. And for me, I think, you know, one of the reasons I keep coming back to opera again and again is because this kind of combination of drama and music and presenting ideas through music I think is extremely powerful and I think especially when you have extraordinary I guess singing actors really like Tara Erocht and mm-hmm. Anna Devon and the rest of the cast who have the ability to kind of produce extraordinary music and extraordinary feeling and emotion through music and to use that also to build these incredibly detailed emotional acting performances. And so the process of making the show has been like really a total pleasure. I've um, working with these brilliant singers, the conductor Fergus Shield from Irish National Opera um, and the fantastic Irish National Opera Chorus as well, which has a really big role in this opera, that the, the chorus appear as as Elizabeth's court they appear as Elizabeth's soldiers and they appear as Mary's supporters mm-hmm. so in a way the public opinion is presented through the voice of the chorus and these extraordinary choruses for me it's really thrilling kind of to, to, to work on this and while I continue to work in the theatre and um, I probably spend about half of my life working in the opera now because I find it completely intoxicating and inspiring to work with these incredible artists and to get to spend time in the room with them and then mm-hmm. to kind of make context for their artistry to be shared with audiences.
1: Well, the reviews that have already come in from the first week in Dublin also found it intoxicating and also raved about Tara and the chorus and raved about everything. So it must be hugely rewarding to be bringing it down to Cork then.
0: Yeah, it's been amazing just kind of sitting in sitting in the room uh, with people, you know, also after so long of not doing that, hmm. you know, and I think, you know, maybe opera of all of the art forms is the one that's most about the breath.
1: Yes, And actually,
0: the singers are using their breath and we're sitting in a room, you know, with a thousand other people sharing the same air. And this is something which has been so missed over the last while, you know, so that it's it's watching this extraordinary art stream, but it's also sharing space with people and having an opportunity to discuss it and to disagree about it. And, you know, kind of all of those things. And, you know, this is an opera that had a complicated history. It was banned at the premiere because it was... uh, it was so controversial to make a a story then in which like a a monarch was sentencing another monarch to death. And then the the second performance at La Scala was a disaster because the main singer was ill and went on just to collect her fee. Um, And then the opera kind of languished and, you know, was was not considered a kind of major work in the repertoire until the mid 20th century, when then really great singers like John Sutherland and Pavarotti and people started to sing these roles. And now kind of more and more, I think it's become really part of the repertoire and you have kind of great Singers like Joyce T. Donato singing it at the Met in Covent Garden. And of course, you know, world class singers like Tara Erocks now singing the work, uh, the work for the first time. But I think it's also, you know, we still have uh, a fascination with royalty and we still have a fascination with what goes on behind the scenes. And whether that's what, you know, uh, Wolf Hall or The Crown or all of the column inches that are devoted. Listen. to. Would the, the Daily um,
1: Mail even exist if people didn't have the fascination?
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. This way, is this it. Is, yeah this is the kind of the the, the historical equivalent of yeah. that you know but transforming it really into into an extraordinary work of art and really brought to life by these extraordinary performers the 38 singers on stage you know it's a really exciting yeah even for me like seeing the show in the theatre like after the opening it's really exciting to come back and see it again and I'm really excited for you know the fantastic Cork Opera audience to get to experience this work and then also in Wexford where it tours at the end of next week yeah it's very exciting I I, I look forward to discussing it with people after the shows at Cork Opera House as well
1: Fantastic listen Tom I'm sorry we can't talk any longer there's obviously so so much more of the story i would love to explore with you but i think basically the idea is you know people come along to the cork House and see maria Suarda. there will be lots and lots and lots for them to talk about themselves thank you so much
0: thanks so much see you soon bye-bye
1: that is just fantastic there i love talking to tom creed it's been far too long and i'm really 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 delighted with that and before i go to the outbreak can i just say a quick hello to dermot dermot there was a message came in for you